When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Friends From Work. This is a podcast about all things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's hosted by me, Kyle Sconowill, and my friend, Robbie Earl. Robbie is running a tiny bit late today, so I'm going to cover here at the beginning, but today is going to be really, really fun because we are finally announcing the winners of the 2021 it's kind of the 2022 friendlies, but the best of 2021 friendly awards. I have not yet heard who the winners are. So this is going to be truly a surprise to me. And so I'm really looking forward to that. Don't forget, if you like this podcast, please tell your friends, spread the word, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, friends from work. And you can now leave reviews for us on Spotify as well. You can check out the ffwpodcast.com for more information on the podcast. And I want to give a special shout out to Nicole this week for donating to the podcast. Thank you so much, Nicole. It means so much to us. If you guys want to donate, you can go to the ffwpodcast.com. That's where all the information is. And there's a donate button on there as well. To our Friends From Work Plus subscribers, if you saw the message on your Patreon feed, I am just announcing and launching this movie club that we've been talking about for so long. I'm going to record that episode live and solo next Monday, January 31 at 7 p.m. Central Time. So if you want to be a part of discussing the movie Parasite, you can join me at that time on YouTube Live. I'll give you a link on Patreon, and that will be fun. I want to bring you guys into that discussion and make it more of a club in that way. But also... As we go along, this movie club is going to evolve. Some of the upcoming episodes are going to involve Robbie. Some of the upcoming episodes may even involve you guys, Friends From Work Plus subscribers, which would be really, really fun. And then I have some other guests lined up, some friends, some celebrities, some personalities that I think are going to be really fun. And I'm going to allow the guests to choose the movie. We all have to watch it and then come back and talk about it. I can't wait to get this thing going. So, yeah, look for that episode next week. The Friends from Work Movie Club launching this week. Not a ton else new on the MCU front. We're still looking forward to Moon Knight. I anticipate a few trailers coming out soon. Another full trailer for Moon Knight, which now releases March 30th. We will be covering Moon Knight weekly on this podcast, obviously, starting then. And we'll have some preview leading up to that as well. But I can't wait to get into these awards the results are going to be so fun to track. And so let's go. Here we go. Let's dive into the best of the 2021 friendly awards right here and discuss our winners. So let's get into it. Robbie has arrived. Welcome, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> Good to have you. Hey, thanks. Glad to be here. I, uh, I'm not in a tux, so sorry. Oh, for that. you're kind of the host, though. You got to be dressed, you know, dressed for success. I know. I know. I'll, next year. 
Next year. Okay, good. <laughs> and then I also heard, by the way, a couple people suggested next year we need to do this live from a Chili's. That's, that's a good idea. That's, that's a, not bad. That's a good idea. We need to feel God there. Uh, we absolutely do. I feel I'm here right now, though. And I'm really, really excited about these awards because here's the truth. Robbie kind of set up the document, and so he has all of the results right now. I have not seen a single one. I kid you not, no preparation. So I am ready to kind of live react to whatever you tell me. So here's what I want to know, Robbie. I want to know the winner of each category, and then I kind of want to know how close it was amongst the other contenders. Fair? Yep. Yep. Um, do we think, do we want to know all of the places or just maybe like the, the second place and how close it was? I think just if it's really, really even across the board, then tell me that, like, look how close all these were. But yeah, I don't right. think go one through eight every time. Just okay, give me nice. one and then tell me if it was a blow away or not. Okay. All right. This is exciting. I'm, I'm looking at these now for the first time here. Um, I just so folks know, I believe this will be in the order in which you submitted uh, the questions on that form, which was slightly different than how we read it off um, in our announcement episode. But just so you know, uh, if you're following along with your ballot, this should match that. And can we also just say thank you so much for everyone who voted? Like we got a lot of votes. And so this is not just a couple people doing this. This is not you, me, and Candace. <laughs> yeah, no, we. I, I'm looking. We got um, about three quarters of, of our patrons submitted their response, which is nice. very nice. Pretty good. Good job to the uh, FFW Plus Academy. So, okay. What a We're, fun way to do this, honestly. I mean, I think I that's know. the fresh take, is that our academy got to choose, not us. That's the fun part. Right now, let's see, you know, if they uh, chose correctly. Correct. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Let's do All it. All right. So our first category was best addition to the MCU. So as a reminder, the contestants here, the nominees, were Yelena Belova, Shang-Chi, Kate Bishop, Agatha Harkness, and He Who Remains. And the winner of best addition to the MCU oh. is Yelena Belova. Okay, the crowd goes wild. The crowd goes wild for Yelena. <laughs> That's one that I feel like everyone I talked to seemed pretty sure on, although it was not as much of a blowout as you might have expected. Um, okay. It had a, a decent lead. Second place was Shang-Chi. Um, okay. With about 15% less of the vote. Okay. And then after that, uh, He Who Remains and, and Kate Bishop kind of split the rest of it. Very little love for Agatha there surprisingly um shout out pete so sad that agatha didn't win that <laughs> he's I know. a huge agatha guy <laughs> I um i voted shang chi personally but as i was doing it i had a feeling on this one for some reason that it was gonna be elena look mm -hmm. i love all of them i think elena is a good choice so congratulations to her florence Pugh. i wonder how much of what we think they're going to be doing going forward plays a role for people versus how much was just their slam dunk entry in, in 2021. But both of yeah. those are solid choices, in my opinion. Well, and, and, you know, it is hard because she had the advantage of appearing in two different projects. Right. Which I guess you have to take into account on some level, and that feels fair. But, yeah, I, I personally voted for Yelena. I'm very, as folks know, very happy about where that character's gone so far, so... I'm also happy about the way that this round went. 
really quickly before we move on to the next category, when are we going to see her next, do you think? Do we have any indication of when she'll That's be back? That's a great question. Um, I mean, I don't I know. Don't, yeah, I was I thinking don't know. about that. Well, I think that there's, uh, at some point, we'll have to kind of unpack where we think her relationship with Val stands at this point. Right. Um, Captain America 4, maybe? Y- yeah. Or, or maybe, like, if they are actually working on some kind of Thunderbolts thing. Um, maybe Secret right. Invasion. I feel like we could see any number of people in Secret Invasion. Mm. That's kind of the fun thing of that project. Hmm. Just interesting. Because yeah. I was looking at it, and, like, Shang-Chi, I don't know where we'll see him either. But, I mean, I think he has a larger chance of making an appearance in Doctor Strange or something on the magical side, mystical side, more than Yelena. Yelena feels like she's in the grounded world, which looking at the roster, there's not a lot of the grounded stuff coming up for a while. So anyways, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't see her showing up in moon Knight, for instance, uh, which is really the only kind of grounded thing I can think of at the moment, but good question. We'll see. Okay. Next we have best team up. Ooh, this one was hard. It, this one was hard. So the, the nominees here were Sam and Bucky, the three Spider-Men, Loki and Mobius, Natasha and Yelena, and Clint Barton and Kate Bishop. Before you say anything, I thought this was maybe the hardest one, period, for me, because I loved a lot of those team-ups. Right. Right. And it's, you know, it's hard because they're all so different, um, right. even in like the amount of screen time they get or the amount of kind of prominence they have within their story. Right. But... Uh, this one was a, a, a landslide. Really? And the winner of best team up is the three Spider-Men. Okay. I was wondering if we're going to start seeing a, a Spider-Man no way home here run away. How is this one a landslide? This was the hardest one. So just so you know, the three Spider-Men here got 74% of the vote. Holy cow. Did you vote for them too? I think I did. Okay, see, this is my only thing. I absolutely love the three Spider-Men. You can't find someone who was more excited about that part of the movie than me. You won't <laughs> find someone like that. But it didn't feel like as much of a classic team-up as these others. Is that yeah. fair? You'll be surprised who I voted for. I bet you can't even guess. Loki and Mobius? I voted for Loki and Mobius. That wow. felt like a team-up. And I loved that dynamic yeah. so much in that show. Yeah. Um, but I, apparently our Academy has spoken, so I'll shut up. Yeah, I, you're right. It is difficult. That's that's kind of what I meant, where it's it, this is almost its own thing. The Spider-Man appearances, right. you know, and like the right. fact that you're like, there's so much fan hype around it that you really can't separate out. Um, but and recency bias question mark. And, oh, what? for sure. But I think, but I think it's just all those little like people were so happy with the interactions between those oh, characters. So like good. it's not just that they saw them; it's the way right. that they communicated, the way that like you have yeah. Tom kind of leading them at the end. Does feel yeah. you know like a very fun, almost comic booky kind of team up. Oh, it was literally perfect, no doubt. <laughs> now this next one is was a lot closer. Um, and I've been very excited to see the results for this. And that is our best little buddy category. And as a reminder, our nominees here were Alligator Loki, Lucky the Pizza Dog from Hawkeye, Sparky from WandaVision, Morris from Shang-Chi, 
and Alexi the Pig from Black Widow. Who do you think won this one, Kyle, if you had to guess? I'm going to guess that our audience leans towards dog, and I want to say lucky, but here's the twist. I'm going to predict alligator Loki because it was such a big deal when it happened. Wow. Wow. Okay, well, the winner of Best Little Buddy is... With your first instinct, Lucky the Pizza Dog. Okay, yeah. It's, it's, it's but, a cop-out. That's what I voted, too, because it's a dog. I know. But, but <laughs> I will say this one was much closer. Um, right kind of right behind Lucky, we had Morris from Shang-Chi, actually, as second place. Um, and then Alligator Loki uh, behind Morris. So this one was, was fairly close. Um, Lucky still had a, about a 10% lead over Morris, though. So for the record, I'm taking notes of these winners. I'm going to tally up basically who cleaned house, you know? Okay, nice. So Hawkeye with two early awards here, kind of, if you include Yelena. So here we go. There you go. I I like it because I do feel like Hawkeye got a little overshadowed by all the Spider-Man hype. So it's nice to to see it getting some love here. I mean, Uh, these are all great choices. You couldn't go wrong here. Right. Yeah, which is kind of funny because I feel like any other given year of the MCU, we would not have the chance to even do this category like in the <laughs> right. past like how often have we ever had significant <laughs> animal characters i guess rocket who's the best but... little buddy in uh <laughs> ultron for example right <laughs> i don't know um all right vision. this one vision is, i know i thought about doing non-human characters but then i realized that would start to really complicate things when you get to like <laughs> yeah, true. Um, <laughs> yeah true All right, this one I'm very excited about, though, and that is Best Villain. This category was, man, it it was so, we talked about this on on the the announcement episode. It's it's funny because we didn't have a traditional villain in every project that we got, but I feel like the ones where we did, they were really strong. Like, I I feel like we, Uh Marvel seems to have kind of figured out the, the villain game um, really since phase three, and I think it keeps improving. So our our nominees here were Wen Wu from Shang-Chi, the Green mm-hmm. Goblin, Dracov from Black Widow, Kingpin and Hawkeye, and Ultravision or Ultron with the Infinity Stones from the end of What If. And? The winner of Best Villain is Your Boy. The Green Goblin. Yeah, I knew it. Yep. Would be. yep. Did you vote a hundred times? You probably made you made separate email accounts to vote a hundred times <laughs> on Green Goblin. That's all you did. You spammed it basically. The Green Goblin did clean up here. Um, it's it was a uh, Win Wu was was behind was second place, but it was a far second place with about a third of the votes that Green Goblin got. And then after that, everyone else just got kind of a sliver of what was left. So it was really. Green Goblin and Win Wu took the bulk of the pie here. So I voted Green Goblin, and I think that's a fair choice, 100%. I also think one of the things that complicates this question for voters is that it's best villain, and like Wen Wu doesn't even feel that much of a villain, which is what we love about the movie. Right. But I think hurts his chances in this category. Does that make sense? Because your brain right, right away goes to like evil guy. Who did right. that best? And we like the gray area with him. Just don't think it serves him well for winning this award. 
That's true. I, it's sort of the the Killmonger thing, but even Killmonger has some more of that kind of viciousness, like the the kind of hateability factor at times. Yeah, right. That Wimu doesn't. Uh, well, congrats to Willem Dafoe, your boy. Let's go, man. I know we. Uh, he's showing up on SNL this week. By the way, he's hosting. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> I'm actually going to um, check it out. I think. I, I think I am too. I, man, I just like watching him on screen so much. He's such a crazy guy. Um, all right. Next category, Kyle, is best romance. So here we had five nominees, Loki and Sylvie, Wanda and Vision, Peter and MJ, Cersei and Icarus, and Clint and Laura. <laughs> Now, I don't even have to ask what you voted for here. Um, Correct. And <laughs> I voted the same way. And so did our Academy. The winner of Best Let's Romance go. is Wanda and Vision oh. with 70% of the vote. <laughs> the crowd goes berserk. <laughs> Let's go. If you're curious, uh, second place was Peter and MJ, which I think is very yeah. fair, but with like 15% of the vote. So far, far behind uh, Wanda and Vision. Somebody left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and they said, this is an incredible podcast, but I'm mad at them for not including Druig and Mercari in this category. <laughs> I, you know what? We thought about it. Uh, but again, you, just, you, ha you can only include so many. Right. And Cersei but, and Icarus was definitely way more focused on in that movie. Whether you liked it as much right. or not, that was definitely the romance of that film. Right. Um, yeah. For me, it's a runaway with WandaVision. It's one of the only stories we've ever gotten that is specifically dedicated to telling a grief and love story. Mm -hmm. um, special, special, special project, special relationship for me. You know that. That's why you, you called it out early. <laughs> I will say my wife feels as strongly about that too, but when she remembered Peter and MJ as a thing, that was tough for her. So Wait, I do she can think remember that's Peter correct. and MJ as a thing? What about Doctor oh, Strange's true. spell? <laughs> All of us have forgotten. You're right. You're right. That's why it lost. <laughs> That's why uh, it lost. No, but but Peter and MJ for me is is definitely second place. I give the nod to WandaVision just because it's a more grown-up, mature love, whereas mm -hmm. Peter and MJ are just figuring it out. You raise an interesting point, though, about WandaVision being the first kind of real and only real like romance uh, above all project that we've gotten. And I feel like it would be fun. Maybe we can do a, a Friends from Work Plus bonus episode on this to kind of look at the romances of the Infinity Saga. Because I don't know how I would rank, like, Pepper and Tony against, like, Steve and Peggy, for instance. Like, they're so different. Like, one you get more screen time with, but the other is such a kind of a motivating part of his character. But you're right. I mean, and, and we had, like, there was a period where we had a ton of those, especially in those introductory movies, like... We have uh, Scott and Hope, and yeah, we have yeah, yeah. way back Thor and Jane. And, yeah, so that would be an interesting I, – yeah. I will say I feel like, to me, I feel like those dynamics are getting better as we go. I feel like the they used to be a lot more cookie cutter, uh, with the exception of, of Tony and Pepper. I feel like that relationship was really great from the get-go. But anyway, just kind of a fun thought. Well, and my one fun thought is – even the WandaVision one is really fascinating because it comes at a time where actually Vision's dead and it's not really Vision. It's like very much a bittersweet show. Mm -hmm. Like there are sweet moments between them, but you can't ever get rid of that 
feeling of, oh man, this is what could have been, but it's not right. Something's not right, you know? Right. So it's different too. Yeah, true, Anyways. true. Things are starting to heat up, Kyle. We are getting mm. into into uh, our actor categories here with best supporting actor and best supporting this actress. This is fun. It is This fun. is really fun for me. Yeah, I know. All um, right, let's hear it. Okay, this this first category, best supporting actor, is the closest I've seen so far, actually. And I think I understand why. The the nominees here are all oh, really strong. Okay. We love, have love Owen race. Wilson, right? We have Owen Wilson, Willem Dafoe, Andrew Garfield, Jonathan Majors, Carl Lumbly, Tony Leung, and David Harbour. Oh gosh, that's hard for me. Right? I voted for Owen Wilson, by the way, again. Wow, I love I I love that. <laughs> uh, all right, well, you voted correctly then, because the oh, winner really? of Best Supporting Actor is Owen Wilson from Loki. Now, was Andrew Garfield the close one? Andrew Garfield was 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 basically neck and neck. There was kind of a tie for second between Andrew Garfield and Willem Dafoe. So okay. No Way Home did pretty well here as well. I feel like that's pretty that's pretty good. I feel like the Academy got this right. I feel like Owen Wilson gets the benefit of the doubt because of the screen time. Uh-huh. Like Andrew Garfield only has, you know, I don't know, 25 minutes of actual screen time probably. Right. Whereas Loki had six episodes to kind of explore uh, Owen Wilson a little bit. So there's there's a world in which you could even paint Owen Wilson as a lead. Uh, but again, we right. just kind of had to figure out how to how to parse those things out. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that I I think I voted for Jonathan Majors here. Um, oh, also giving Loki some love just because I mean, we talked about this in our episode. I was such a massive fan of how he portrayed that character and really, I, I was like glued to the screen every time he was on it. So I, I had to give him some love. But again, way, you know, way less screen time um, than the, the bulk of the, the nominees here. I'm loving the diversity here. We already got Black Widow represented. We got a Hawkeye thing. We got a Loki thing, a WandaVision thing, and then two Spider-Man awards. So this is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's a good sample right now. Um, Come now, on, Falcon Wear Soldier, pick it up. <laughs> True. I will say Best Supporting Actress was not close or not nearly as close as Best Supporting Actor. Uh, although, okay. again, we did have some really, really great nominees here. We had Marissa Tomei, Florence Pugh, Catherine Hahn, Gugu Mbatha-Ra, Tiana Paris, Alakwa Cox, and Aquafina. This is Florence Pugh. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Who did you vote for? I voted for Florence Pugh. Yep. Yep. The winner of Best Supporting Actress <laughs> is... <laughs> Drum roll. Florence Pugh. <laughs> yeah. Man, a lot of Florence Pugh love, which, you know, I'm very on board for. By the way, as a quick aside, I know that you announced the, the movie club which I'm yeah. very oh, excited yeah. about, as you said, and I, it seems like folks are, are very excited about it, as they should be. And I will yeah. say that if Candace is ever a guest, you can be mm-hmm. sure that she is going to make you watch a Florence Pugh movie. Yes. So it's just it, <laughs> editing your comics episodes. I know that you and Candace <laughs> love Florence Pugh. I mean, this is common knowledge at this point. Although, although she's also thrown around watching a movie with you that stars Elizabeth Olsen which, you know, might be your vibe. So hey, she's, she's already it. brainstorming on, uh, on the fun you guys could have. So I just wanted to throw that in there. 
Oh, I can't wait. I, <laughs> see, I feel like I'm getting stereotyped here a little bit. Okay, I'm getting put in a box. Here's the thing. I love Elizabeth Olsen's portrayal of Wanda Maximoff in WandaVision. It's not like I have some long-running history with Elizabeth Olsen. Like, I don't know what anything else she's in. And I seem to like her personality off the screen, too. So that always makes it a little bit better when they seem right. to be into what they're doing. Right. So I'm into that, but it's not like I have some weird obsession with Elizabeth Olsen, okay? And I love Florence Pugh. I absolutely love Florence Pugh. Like, if I love her 98 out of 100, Candace loves her 100 out of 100. I do think that some people like her a little more than me, but that it's not saying it's bad. I love it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I love Florence Pugh. There's just some people that love everything she does. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think it's I, I think it's fair to say one thing about Florence Pugh, and I think we said similar things about Simu Liu after uh, Shang-Chi. Like, there are certain folks that just took a second to fully click in um, not even that they didn't do well and they're like, like I actually think Elizabeth Olsen is an example of this. I have no complaints at all with her performance in Age of Ultron, but I would say that like, it feels very much like you start Civil War and it's oh clicked in, you know, it's like, oh, okay, this is, this is it. 10 trillion percent. That's why, that's why I just clarified. Like I loved her from Civil War on, but especially WandaVision is where that was a game changer. Right. I think I brought that up in the WandaVision stuff, you know? Right. I wasn't well, like a long running Wanda Maximoff fan. Right. I thought she was but fine. But I think that's why that's why people have been so struck by and, and those are the two winners of our best new additions, because I think they just really like hit the ground running in in terms of how easily they captured that character and how fun they are to watch and, and how much they kind of invited further, further sure. installments. So, um, anyway, although I won't stand for any more of Candace's accent slander, like she had <laughs> in the bonus episode this week. If, if any more of that comes through my desk, I'm going to start editing we it keep, out and you won't, it won't make, we the keep having these conversations offline. Cause I keep telling her like, you know, I don't, I, I think she just can't separate Jeremy's public persona from, his role. Um, and, and I feel like I that's can. the other part I don't get. I just don't get it. I like, I know that he's a little weird, maybe off camera, but I, I have liked what he's done in the MCU. Yeah. I can't say that though. <laughs> I feel like, no, you can't uh, look, I've told her that I'm a fan. So some of my favorite moments in the, the, especially in the first two Avengers films are with Jeremy Renner. So I'm, I'm with you and I've, I'm fighting on your behalf. So don't worry. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you, Thank you right, Candace, right. if she's listening. Okay, keep going. <laughs> Back to business here. Uh, the next category is best original song. Okay. This this should be the biggest runaway we have. There shouldn't be a vote for any other song on this one. So the, the, this was, it, it is a runaway. Not okay, It yeah. isn't the biggest landslide that we've had so far. I think that still goes to best team up. Okay. But... Best original song with 66% of the vote is Agatha Oliver. <laughs> Dude, what a banger. It still slaps. I'm actually, I just want to call out here. I mean, because everything else is pretty much even. Uh, the, the next is Save the City from Hawkeye, but it jumps Classic. down to like 13%. And then everything okay. else is kind of right around uh, like 7, 8%. And so I'm just, I just kind of want to call out that, you know, we did have a good number of people vote for Natasha's Lullaby 
from Black Widow and very full from Loki. Um, okay. And and obviously the the making it up as we go along from WandaVision, which was the theme song from, I think, the fifth episode. Um, the 80s episode, yeah. Yeah, and which just makes me happy because, yes, I do think Agatha All Along deserves the win. I personally voted for making it up as we go along because I love that theme song so much. I think in part because I was a big Growing Pains guy growing up, and they're clearly mm-hmm. kind of aping that. Um, but it's just done so well. But I really like seeing like the the very full and Natasha's Lullaby stuff represented because those are tracks that I don't hear folks talk about very often. So I, I like that yeah. they have some some fans. Okay, I have a lot to say here. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> okay, first of all, I do think the MCU does this stuff really well. Like one of the things the MCU just kills is the pop music placement stuff that mm-hmm. they've done in the past and these kinds of original songs. Which that's, is it Nate Moore that's the music supervisor for all the MCU stuff? Mm, I don't know. I'll have to fact check that. I think, but, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll check on that. But the only placement I think in the history of the MCU that I, I didn't love was the I'm just a girl in Captain Marvel because I didn't think it set the right tone. But for the vast majority of what they do, they do this stuff incredibly well. Even when they were struggling early on in the MCU to get recognizable scores mm-hmm. and composers, mm-hmm. they weren't struggling on this front. Like from the very beginning, putting in ACDC for Iron Man was so clutch. Right. And then they, they do this over and over again. Obviously, Guardians changed the game. But also, these original songs are unbelievable. If, if Natasha's lullaby is and can be included in this category, it totally should get some votes. Because mm-hmm. even though I just said no other song should get a vote, <laughs> but <laughs> but that song is shockingly beautiful. And I have a clarification there. Last week I messed it up. I sang Yelena's theme when we were doing all the singing. Mm-hmm. You are right. Natasha's theme is the... Yeah. And it's so good. Dude, there's a piano bit in the middle of that that is as pretty as anything we've ever gotten. Another tangent. Mm-hmm. We vastly, criminally underrate the music from Black Widow. The more I get into it. Uh, that's what I was about to say. The more I'm like, why have we not talked to Lauren Balf yet? Because yeah. this is like the piano in that right after that girl singing the solo lullaby is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the intense Red Rising theme is so epic and cool. It, like, makes Natasha have so much depth to her character. Like, you hurt with that theme. Uh-huh. And then, like, two seconds later, feels so pumped up from the... And then my last tangent is, the reason Agatha all along should still win is just because <laughs> that was one of the boldest choices the MCU, I think, has ever made. If yeah. you remember yeah. at the time, we were constantly being like, is it Agatha? What's going on? It's it, it could it be her? Although that's too obvious. Like we were constantly on that train. Uh-huh. And then without even dragging it out, they just went boom, hit us with a straight up satirical song. And they gave us Catherine Hahn giving us funny faces, right? Like right. it was so shocking at the time. That's why I loved it. The episode ended, and I was like, right. what the heck? I have chills right now. How they just played that it was so song crazy. for Agatha all along? It's a good point because, like, Save the City, for instance, which was so well done, is not like a an essential element to the plot in the way yeah, that Agatha all along is. Yeah, true. It's not a plot is. reveal. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, a couple things there. One, 
I want to shout out to Dave Jordan, who has been the music supervisor for every film in the MCU. And holy cow! Yeah, I mean, you're. I, I I will say, Guardians. I think is fully James Gunn. He's been pretty clear that they give him full autonomy with those soundtracks. Um, but I think otherwise. Dave Jordan is is kind of the man because I always have noticed his name in the credits after all these movies on a rewatch, and you're right. I mean, he's just got an excellent batting average. Well, and holy cow, props to him. Also, I know for a fact James Gunn did help with Rubber Band Man in Infinity War. Right, that's also true. So props to him and to James Gunn. I crushed James Gunn for some things, but he was incredible at the music choices on these two. I actually, I will say, and we won't get into this, although this would be an interesting conversation for a later time. Mondo did a version of the Suicide Squad soundtrack, which I remember liking. And I had that on uh, vinyl the other day playing, and it's also excellent. I mean, James Gunn can, the man can make a solid playlist. I, I don't remember the movie well enough to know even like where the songs are, are placed in each scene, but just listening to it as a soundtrack, I have a similar feeling that I do listen to those Guardians ones where it's like, if you weren't a director, you would make for an excellent music supervisor. The other thing I wanted to say is just that I'm, and also talking about listening to things on vinyl, I also have the Black Widow score on vinyl. I was listening to that while I was working earlier this week, and it's so good. Like, it's one of my favorite yeah scores to listen to period right now it's just excellent it is that's it this is decided now i'm reaching out to him i'm reaching out to lauren belf yes. i'm going to yes he needs to join us okay good let's do it we can also talk mission impossible okay yeah <laughs> which i could do all day movie club movie club yes maybe mission impossible oh, we need to move on let's go let's okay go. Go. well this transitions us perfectly into our next category which is best score of 2021 and this I mean, you might say this is the most friends from work friendly award that we have to offer here today. Correct. Yeah. And this one was... I don't know this one. I'm interested to hear. This one was close, which again, I I like seeing these be close. Um, And I'm a little surprised. I'm not... Oh. The winner is very deserving, but I am still a little surprised. Um, Okay. Who's the nominees and who's the winner? Let's do it. Our nominees are Spider-Man No Way Home by Michael Cicchino, WandaVision by Christoph Beck, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier by Henry Jackman, Black Widow by Lauren Balfe, Loki by Natalie Holt, Eternals by Ramin Djawadi, What If by Laura Cartman, and Shang-Chi by Joel P. West. And the winner is... The winner is... Loki by Natalie Holt. Holy cow. Wow. Off the top row. I was convinced it was between WandaVision and Spider-Man. I was too. Wow. Yeah. So to your point, uh, Spider-Man came in second, fairly close behind. And then WandaVision is like neck and neck with it. So they're basically tied for second. And then after that number, you know, third or fourth, however you want to think about it, is Black Widow. So there you go. Good. Um, even that, as you're reading them, I'm like, holy cow, we're blessed. I don't even yeah. know. I, I mean, I gave the nod to Christoph Beck in WandaVision just because of the breadth of what he had to capture. I did too. He had so many things to do there and he gave me so many different interesting pieces of music, mm-hmm. but it's pretty hard to deny how much of a badass you feel like when you listen to Loki, you know? I, I think 
but also the Spider-Man, how tragic that is at the end. I mean, wow, he pulled off something I didn't think was possible there. So I was maybe going to go that way too. I don't know. Well, in the way that Giacchino looped in the prior themes, not just of right, the, right. the Spider-Man characters, but also the villains. Yeah, I mean, it's that's an impressive feat on its own. Um, but yeah, I was actually, I was kind of fully expecting No Way Home to win because we've just seen folks in the Slack particularly go so crazy over that score. But yeah, I mean, you know, I was talking to Greg about this the other day when he was telling me how he, he voted and his reasoning and... And I do think that, like, of all of the scores that came out last year, even WandaVision, with WandaVision, there was a big focus, I think, on the original songs, like we've already talked about. But when that Loki score came out, it was like a moment culturally where I feel like normally— Yeah, it was definitely a bigger cultural thing. Yeah, like people were talking about it in a way that I feel like the average viewer does not normally talk about a film or TV score. Yeah. No, Totally. So yeah, congrats, Natalie Holt. We'll be we'll be giving her a shout out, friend of friends from work, Natalie Holt. That's so true. We need a tweeter. That's gonna be so much fun, by the way. Wow, I just got excited. Uh, how often <laughs> are you talking to Greg, by the way? Holy cow! I know, right? Every episode, I feel like you're referencing. I was talking to Greg the other day. I'm getting a little jealous. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he also pointed out in the same conversation <laughs> that um, <laughs> we should have also nominated the. Christoph Beck Hawkeye score and that he might have actually yeah. voted for that had we uh, oh. had we chosen that as a nominee, which I thought was interesting. To be fair to us, we both kind of thought if we double did it and just said Christoph Beck, that then he would probably win if you also include right. Hawkeye. So I felt like that was a little lopsided, but yeah, we could have done separate scores for that. It was a weird situation because we originally started with composer and then score, you know, whatever. Right. But I like that Natalie Holt won and I like that Loki's getting some love here. Yeah, yeah. I I like, but it's still. I feel like this is a good. Uh, it's a good mix there, as it should be. Dude, we still have some really fun categories coming up here. Let's go. Absolutely. All right. So our next category is specific to what if, and that is best voice actor. Now, as we said in our last episode, just to kind of keep this on a level playing field, we picked, for the most part, actors that have shown up in live action roles prior to this that they were kind of reprising. The one exception being Jeffrey Wright, because I think that he might sort of live in that liminal space uh, where I, you know, he's actually been cast as this character. He's not impersonating um, Chris Evans or, or Scarlett Johansson. But our nominees here for Best Voice Actor were Jeffrey Wright, as we said, Chadwick Boseman, Paul Rudd, Chris Hemsworth, Michael B. Jordan, Benedict Cumberbatch, and Samuel L. Jackson. The winner of Best Voice Actor is Chadwick Boseman. Okay, well-deserved. Well-deserved. I mean, we talked so much through that series about how well he did. And he showed up a good bit, too. I mean, he had a presence throughout, and I think he brought so much heart and passion to these episodes that I think he's one of those performers that really, really elevated every episode he was a part of. No doubt. I didn't have a super strong feeling one way or the other. I did like that he showed up so often and in different roles, kind of, like changed Mm -hmm. his tone throughout. But there were some good candidates here. 
yeah, I like this choice. Yeah. Jeffrey Wright was right behind him, which makes sense. He was in some ways kind of the the main character of that show. Uh, and I feel great about it. Th- I think he did an excellent job. And like I was saying, I would I would love to see him show up in like a live action capacity as well. I think that would be fun. Okay, best voice actress. Here um, we have Haley Atwell, Rachel McAdams, Karen Gillan, Denai Guerrera, Evangeline Lilly, Emily Van Camp, and Natalie Portman. And the winner is... The winner is... Haley Atwell. That's oh! Wow. By the way, do you love these applause tracks that I found? <laughs> That's I unbelievable. Do. I do. <laughs> the, Feels uh, so official. What's fun about this is, if you've noticed, the crowd is growing. So it first started with like a small studio audience. Now it's like a huge arena going nuts. So our <laughs> academy and our award show is growing in size as we go along. Wow. So cool to see like how, how far we've come. Right. <laughs> Anyways, hey, congrats to your, uh, your girl. Yeah, I've, I, that feels deserved to me. I, I think in some ways she's one of the more memorable parts, maybe the most memorable part of, of that show for a lot of people in terms of like a character to carry forward. So I think that's deserved. Okay, although I was going to say for me, the most memorable part of, of What If still remains that Doctor Strange episode, mm-hmm. uh, which will kind of take us into this next category that I'm really excited about because I haven't reviewed these responses yet, but I, I think it's such a toss-up. And that is for best episode of a series. Yeah, here's where it gets sticky. Here we go. Yep. I have no so, idea what our audience is going to vote on. None. Th- these were hard. These were some of the harder nominees to pick as well because there were just some of these shows that had several really, really excellent episodes. So we did our best and we came up with these. Previously on from WandaVision, which is WandaVision episode eight where we kind of walk back through Wanda's history. For All Time Always, which was the Loki finale, What If Doctor Strange Lost His Heart Instead of His Hands, which is that episode I was just mentioning. Truth from The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is the episode that opens with kind of that epic battle between John Walker and Sam and Bucky. And it's also the episode where we get, in my opinion, that really, really moving speech from Isaiah Bradley. And then finally, Echoes from Hawkeye, which had that incredible car chase scene. And as you know, the last time, the Pym Arrow, mm-hmm. which was very fun. Okay. Whew, this one is close. This is the closest we've seen so far between the first and second. It's, it's like a, it's not even a full percentage point difference. But the winner for best episode of a series... With 33.3% Holy cow. of the vote. Previously on. Oh, let's go. From WandaVision. <laughs> let's go. Let's and go. I, I will say I voted for that one. No, that, that's not true. I think I voted for, for the Loki finale, but I, it was very, it was very close because I love WandaVision episode eight so much. Yeah. It was between those two for me as well, the Loki finale. Because uh, as I've said, that finale is perfect, basically, to me. Right. Yeah, ultimately, episode eight of WandaVision just carries so much emotional weight for me. It's not yeah. one I would just throw on every day because 
I want to feel better than that sometimes, but you kind of work through that whole memory saga to get to the point where she breaks vision out and where vision has that conversation with her about what is grief. And I just don't know that there's been better writing in these shows than that moment. But then the Loki finale is perfect too. So those two were, were neck and neck for me. And they were neck and neck here. Um, Like I said, previously on got 33.3% of the vote. And for all time, always got 32.6%. Holy cow. Less than 1%. 0.7%. Wow. 0.07% difference. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So that's probably like a Um, vote. I don't know that, but wow. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I can, I can, I can see it's a, yeah, it's the difference of a couple of votes. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. No, yeah. 0.7%. I, I will say, you know, to what I was getting at earlier, number three with 70% of the vote is what if Dr. Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? Mm, that was a good episode. So what's interesting to me is is uh, last place here was that Hawkeye episode, which I feel like everyone freaked out about. Well, you're choosing the best episodes of each thing. And I feel like so far the the MCU and, and the Disney Plus side of things has been so solid that the best episode of each entry is worth freaking out about. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I freaked out about that Hawkeye episode, but it, I don't think it was better than those we mentioned. As a quick aside, that Doctor Strange episode, what if episode four, kind of had the same Agatha all along thing where the first three episodes of what if mm. were kind of fun stories or like at least ended in a way that you felt good about. I remember mm-hmm. watching that fourth episode and the way it ended and just being so shocked. So that's why yeah. I still would give that a little bit of thought because that was such a shocking episode. And is it now going to end up affecting this next movie even kind of, or some right. version of it? So yeah. Well, and if you remember, uh, Disney sent us, you know, they sent us the first two yes. episode screeners. And then we, and got then the third we just one. watched three. Well, we watched the third one live, I think, right? And then they sent out the fourth one again ahead of time. Yes. And we were like, why was. are they sending this one out early all of a sudden? That's what it was. Yeah. And I, I think it was just them recognizing how excellent it was and they wanted to make sure that everyone was getting eyes on it. Yeah, that was so different. Yep. Okay. So anyway, shout out what if that episode there. We don't shout out what if very often. Yes. So true. So here we go. I mean, we're we're in the the final stretch here with best lead actor and best lead actress. Okay. For best lead actor, we had Tom Hiddleston nominated, Tom Holland, Paul Bettany, Anthony Mackie, Simu Liu, Jeremy Renner, and Brian Tyree Henry from Eternals. Like we said, as a reminder last time, Eternals was particularly tricky here. Yeah, right. Um, because I, I we sort of viewed all of them as co-leads. Right. And that's why we didn't really want to relegate any of them to supporting status, but we also didn't want to, you know, have any, any one movie represented more than one time here in this category. At one point, we even had Kamel in this category, I think. True. Which I, you know, would still feel very comfortable with. I thought he did an excellent job, but... And the winner... All right. Is... The winner is... Tom Holland. Wow. Okay. That's who I voted for, actually. By a good... By a good stretch. Yeah, it's who I voted for as well. He he got 55% of the vote. Okay, um, wow. Next 
is Tom Hiddleston yeah, with fair. 25% of the vote. And then after that, it's, it's kind of split among the rest. I think that's exactly where I would have gone as well. I just want to add that, like we've said multiple times on this podcast, that Tom Holland performance is pretty special in that movie. It really is. I feel like it's easy to gloss over because of Toby, because of Andrew, because of Willem Dafoe. And there's an excellent story, an excellent cast with all kinds of twists, but at the core of it is the performance Tom Holland delivered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, this past viewing I had, I felt like I was really clued into it. And it's just the little like micro expressions, the, the face acting he does on some of those, like in some of those moments around Aunt May's death, especially. Right. Just really, really, really. And, and we've always like, I, I think from the time Tom came into the MCU, he has been just top tier in terms of his performances. Like if, if you think about that civil war scene, like he, he has a certain, he's got such a mastery of how to kind of subtly convey depth of emotion. That's always been impressive, but here it was like next level. But also since he joined the MCU in some ways, he's had an uphill battle, you know, because there's some people that were going to be predisposed to not liking him as much just because it was another iteration of their favorite Spider-Man character, you know, more than other characters, he had to portray something in a fresh new way without trying to step on all those people's toes. That's hard. Oh yeah, for sure. Like when Robert Downey Jr. started it, he was starting fresh, you know, that's all I mean. Right. Right, yeah, there, yeah, which has been the case for most of the MCU characters. You're right. I mean, right. he's really the only one that had to, he and Mark Ruffalo, but I don't think anyone was like, no, Edward Norton is the Hulk. Right, there's die hard like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield fans, <laughs> right. though. Right. All right, let's do no, it. Next one. Point. I can't wait. Oh, man. Okay, this one is... Uh, this was a close one, I think. Best actress? Actually, this is the biggest landslide we've had so far by a mile. No! So for best lead actress... We had some excellent nominees here. Scarlett Johansson, Angelina Jolie, Haley Steinfeld, Elizabeth Olsen, Sophia DiMartino, Gemma Chan, and Zendaya. Okay, I just and thought this had to be close between Elizabeth Olsen and Scarlett. Like, if this is Elizabeth Olsen, you know I'm pumped. But Scarlett's got to get some of this. Listen, with 80% of the vote... Our winner is Elizabeth Olsen. Holy cow. Okay. That's true. She is unbelievable. <laughs> you know that. Like, I do think that Elizabeth Olsen... Are you, are you ready for this, Robbie? I think Elizabeth Olsen was the most standout performance of any character in the MCU this year. I like, think, I think yeah, she's I think the winner fair. over even any male. That's what I'll remember 2021 by, is that right. look of her talking to Vision at the end. Um, but... I thought this would be closer with Scarlet because, again, uh, maybe it's because we're Black Widow apologists. Robbie, that's what's so funny. We're WandaVision <laughs> and Black Widow apologists. So here I am talking about both of them. But <laughs> I feel like Yelena gets all of the love in Florence Pugh, which is awesome. She's great. But I feel like in a way it, it glosses over Scarlet there. Yeah. Like I was torn between those two. And that's not fair to Scarlet. Yeah. But that's my take. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because – So this is a really unique category looking at these responses because in almost every other category, you know, even talking about like original song where I could have totally seen 
everything basically going to either Agatha all along or save the city. And we still had all these different nominees right. represented. Here we only had three nominees even get votes. And oh, my goodness. So 80% went to Elizabeth, like I said, and then the other 20% is split exactly evenly between Scarlett and Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Which I, I think. think is, I think it's fair. All, but yeah, I'm just, I'm surprised that it was like that, that much of a, of a landslide there. Wow. And I do think it's important that Haley Steinfeld gets some love here because if you remember, yeah. I was so on board with her portrayal of Kate Bishop. And actually that would be one of the characters I'm most looking forward to seeing what she does in the future. So, right. Right. But in this case, Scarlett also just gave it her all like crazy. Like right. she is emotionally invested and poured into that movie in such a strong right. way. Mm. All right. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I will say People Kate Bishop got, about a, that. <laughs> got a decent amount of the, of the vote for best addition to the MCU. Yeah. I, I can't remember if I said that when we were going, but she got a, a good chunk there. So, um, okay. wow. Okay. Congrats, Elizabeth Olsen. I know she'll be so honored. We tried to get her on the pod and she wasn't available. Rest in peace. Us. Man, one day. Yeah, one day. All right. Best writer or writers of a screenplay or teleplay. Okay. So just to clarify what we're doing here is, is we picked out, a screenplay, either, you know, obviously a film only has one screenplay or a teleplay from a particular episode, just given that we kind of had some rotating writer teams and, and kind of tried to tried to suss out the ones that we thought were maybe most generally received from a writing perspective um, specifically. And this one was pretty close. Our nominees here were Michael Waldron with Loki Episode 6. Again, uh, WandaVision Episode 8 represented here by Laura Donnie. The Firpo Cousins and Chloe Zhao with Eternals. AC Bradley for What If Episode 4. Eric Summers and Chris McKenna for Spider-Man No Way Home. Dave Callahan, Dustin Daniel Cretton for Shang-Chi. Malcolm Spellman and Joseph Sawyer for The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Aaron Cansino and Heather Quinn for Hawkeye Episode 4. And then Eric Pearson for Black Widow. Also, to, to kind of further clarify for folks that are curious, we're separating this from those credited with the story on certain projects because that's, as most of our listeners will know, a different thing. Um, and we were looking specifically at the folks that were credited with the right of the actual final screenplay or teleplay. Right. Okay. So, our winner here with 39% of the vote is the team of Eric Summers and Chris McKenna for Spider-Man No Way. I just think the way they melded the three Spider-Men is what set it over the top. The movie was great before that, mm -hmm. no doubt. It was great. And could have been great without them too. But the way they handled that entire situation was so seamless to me. Yeah. So I have no problem giving them the nod. I think also shout out Michael Waldron for his writing on some of the Loki episodes. Mm -hmm. If you were a dialogue type guy, you may have voted that one because I feel like that was really witty. I and did. Clever and philosophical. Yeah, I voted for Michael Waldron, actually. Who did you vote for? I ended up voting for Spider-Man here. Mm -hmm. I mean, Spider-Man had such a task. You know, like th those writers were given 
it, it it's it's like the Marcus McFeely thing, you know, where it's like you look at something like Infinity War and it's so good on its own and and the writing is so excellent, but then you add the layer of how much they had to juggle, like how they had to figure out how Rocket and Thor would interact and these little things like how Nebula would interact with Tony and how like the the guardians would interact with Spider-Man. It's like this this stuff where it's it, it's just a whole other level of creativity, I think. And for that to be pulled off so well, I think is definitely, you know, makes it deserving. It is fascinating because even though I voted for Spider-Man, I tend to lean a little more on the dialogue side of things. Like, I think that's a little bit why I'm more into Iron Man 2. We've talked about that, right, mm-hmm. than, than you are, is because I like that witty dialogue and I like the philosophical stuff. So even though I didn't love Loki as much as some of these other entries, I like the dialogue there. I like the philosophical thinking. And same with WandaVision Episode 8. Like, in some ways that conversation she has with Vision at the Civil War Avengers compound was better dialogue to me than anything that Spider-Man gives me. Mm -hmm. But Spider-Man just weaved those things in so flawlessly. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I voted against what I typically would vote for, I think. So anyways, they're all really good. (laughs) I think for me... It's funny because I don't know where I I fall on that because I'm with you in that. Like the one thing that will turn me off the most from any movie is is bad dialogue or or dialogue that's mm, not sold. Right. I mean, so even if there's a, a movie that has an excellent or an episode that has an excellent story from top to, to bottom and the characters are flushed out and everything's great, but the dialogue just doesn't sing, that's going to be a, a massive knock from me. But, you know, at the same time, if something has incredible dialogue and the story isn't up to par, that won't that won't necessarily save it either. It's like everything still has to be there, but the dialogue is kind of still the, to me, the linchpin. And so that's why I voted for Waldron specifically, because I think Loki, whenever he was writing it uh, on episode one and and episode six, did have, I think, the best dialogue of anything we got last year. I don't think all of Loki was up to par with what Waldron was doing, but whenever he was on it, it was, Mm -hmm. it was next level, I thought. So three categories left, right? Yes. Uh, these are the biggies. Yes. The big kahuna. Let's go. All right. Whew. All right. So we just did best writers. Now we're going to do best directors or director, depending on the project. Here we had Matt Shackman for WandaVision, Carrie Scoglin for The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Kate Heron for Loki, John Watts for Spider-Man No Way Home, Chloe Zhao for Eternals, Bert and Birdie for Hawkeye, and we should say they were not the only directors on that series. They were the directors of episode three and four, which we felt uh, were the stronger episodes there and the ones that, kind of like what Kyle said, felt like they had a certain fingerprint from the directorial team there. So that's why we have Bert and Birdie here. Brian Andrews, friend of the pod from What If? Dustin Daniel Cretton from Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and Kate Shortland from Black Widow, who, after all this talk, should be a friend of the pod, something else that we can get on. Um, That's true. Okay, this one was, again, pretty close. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know who you voted for? Yeah, I do, but there's a lot of good ones here. That's what I'm, (laughs) I'm even now hesitating to say it because I'm like, 
man, I wonder if I should have changed that. Like, okay, I voted for John Watts uh-huh. again because of the way he handled all the stuff we talked about. But I do think there's an argument for some of these others. Like, there's an argument for Dustin Daniel Cretton that for he sure. has as much of a feel and his fingerprints on Shang-Chi. And you know how much I love Black Widow um, right. and what Kate Shortland did there. Yeah, I mean. Dude, yeah, there's too many. There's, too, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know how much I love WandaVision and the way Matt Shackman pulled it all together. Right. right. I don't know. Holy cow, I don't know. So this is almost as close as that best episode of a series category. The first place winner here had 34.8%. And the second place had 33.3%. And the winner of Best Director and, I should say, the nominee that I voted for... I'm legit nervous. <laughs> ...is Matt Shackman, director of... Oh, wow. It is. Yeah. I thought that John Watts was maybe going to clean house here. So John Watts was second place with, like I said, a 1.5% difference. Wow. Um, he he did have to pull so many things together. I mean. Yeah. I mean, it, it was between those two for me. I think just what you said really got me thinking last time. Like, who put a really clear kind of creative stamp on this? And, you know, Matt Shackman, like, if you've watched the Assembled episode on WandaVision, has kind of grown up with that sitcom background and... Mm. The way I mean, I, I'm just continually impressed with what WandaVision did and what it took to pull that off on on a score level, um, the original songs, but just the format is so different and so unique and works so well. And I really think that, you know, it's one of those things where if it had gone terribly, then that the blame, you know, goes at Matt Jackman's feet. And I think the fact that it all went off so well. Um, means that, you know, he deserves the credit as well. One last WandaVision comment as we close out 2021, because this is kind of going to be my last chance, I think, to say it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's interesting to listen to you describe that. Wouldn't you say, Robbie, that typically when a movie or a show swings this big, like I, I picture a movie like that or a show like that winning all of those little technical things, you know, like best costume design and best set design. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And typically I feel like a show like that swings so hard in those aspects that it then maybe forgets that the story they have is actually kind of just average or the performances in it aren't great. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing that I'm going to take away from WandaVision is that it's almost perfect in every category in my mind. Like we're praising the dialogue and the writing, but we're also praising how big of a swing it was. Then we're also praising the main actress is the best actress of the year. Right. In my opinion, the best actor of the year, but then also like, yeah, exactly. But Paul Bettany's in there too. I've also praised that all the side actors are also incredible. The villain and the setup there and the Agatha all along, the music is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like everything about it was incredible, in my opinion. <laughs> it's not like they glossed over one aspect real quick and just missed that. Right, right. Well, and, and you know, like, and we can talk about this more later because we've got to wrap this thing up. But even the complaints that that we've acknowledged about WandaVision, talking about whether the finale hit, 
Like I, I, I feel like, yeah, there are maybe some slight quibbles with, with some of those moments just from like a visual perspective. Um, but I feel like those are few and far between. And I would still say like do nothing to me to dampen my opinion of that show. Like it's not, it's interesting because I feel like, and, and I welcome feedback on this from our listeners. I, I know some people in the Slack and, and folks that have reached out otherwise really, really feel like that finale was like a left turn and a yeah, wrong Lance step. is not going to like, yeah, Lance <laughs> is not going to like this. <laughs> and I, I just, I've never, I, even then I didn't feel that way. Like, again, I'm not saying it's, it's flawless, but I just don't think yep, that agreed. I, we ever watched that thinking, oh no, it didn't land the plane. No, agreed. So, I mean, but again, okay. welcome feedback. In my opinion, if WandaVision is like a, a graph, right? It was like a slowly rising graph to where episode eight is like the very peak. And then there's this tiny little like stock market looking graph dip right after. Barely. Right. Just barely. Like like the finale for me was almost my favorite. Not there, but just up there. Whereas like Loki is more like a smiley face, right? Like I think it started incredibly strong, kind of uh-huh. lulled in the middle and then came back for the very best thing in the finale, <laughs> you know? And yeah. Hawkeye for me was almost an example of the exact opposite, which was like, I loved where it was at and it was consistently higher than things like WandaVision for me. And then mm-hmm. the finale did enough to dampen my spirits on it. So it's like right. a line that's right. kind of straight-ish, but a little bit declining, and then like a drop-off at the end to where it affects my opinion now going forward, where I'm like, I loved the show, but I have to give this disclaimer that the finale was a little bit kind of goofy that I didn't like. Yeah. And WandaVision is not even close to that, right? Like, I mean, like WandaVision's like, maybe you can critique the way – Agatha looks as a witch, but that's so minor relative. Like the tone right. stays the same in my opinion and all that stuff. Um, anyways. And well, right. well that, I mean, that does tee up our next to last category here perfectly, which is the best it. series. Yeah, here we of go. 2021. Um, and so not that folks need reminding, but our nominees here were the WandaVision, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, and Hawkeye. And? And the winner here is WandaVision. With two-thirds of the vote. Oh, really? I thought that or Loki. I thought some people, I thought our listeners would be more passionate about Loki, honestly. I kind of thought so, too. Loki is second place, but with 26%. And WandaVision has 62%. I need to add one more thing that's a little bit off topic here. Falcon Winter Soldier didn't win any awards this year. The first time I watched it, I thought it was fine. The second time I rewatched it, I almost had a hard time even getting through it because I don't know why. Maybe I was distracted or whatever. I will add that on this third rewatch that I just completed in order, right, uh, Mm -hmm. it was so much better than I remember it. And I thought the finale of that was actually pretty great too. And so it hasn't gotten any love here, but it did some things pretty freaking well. The race stuff with Isaiah Bradley is really well done. Mm-hmm. And Bucky and Sam as actors are both better than I remember them being, if that's fair to say. Yeah, I'm really excited to get back to that in, in my own rewatch. So maybe we can do a little a little retrospective of that on the side. But congrats to uh, WandaVision here. And now the last one. Best movie, right? Best yeah, picture. Yeah, I mean, all right. The winner of Best Film of 2021, our final winner, 
for this year was Spider-Man No Way Home, surprising very few people listening to this podcast um, with 89% of the vote. Holy cow. Um, our next up is Shang-Chi, which I actually think it was almost more interesting for me who the second place winner would be. And then Black Widow and then Eternals. We did it. We did have some votes for Eternals though. So, Hey, we got to we still have some, uh, some variety and that's it, Kyle. That is the, the best of 2021 first annual friendly awards. So thank you to our friends from work plus Academy for submitting your votes that was so fun. Thank you for voting well. I feel like every everything was well represented. We had some smart picks. And thank you if you're listening to this on the main feed for following along and supporting us by listening there. This was a ton of fun. The final tally is WandaVision with six friendly awards. Congratulations, WandaVision. Kind of cleaning wow. house. Spider-Man with five friendlies. So... Pretty good there. I mean, that's, I think, what we would agree with, too. And then two for Black Widow and two for Loki. Two for What If, although the whole category was only What If people. And then one for (laughs) Hawkeye. Uh, What a year it's been for those shows. Wow. So much fun. Holy cow. My only other takeaway is just what a year it was. First of all, we had nine entries into the MCU in in a single year. That's crazy. Five shows, four movies. I don't think they'll ever do that much again, partially because of the COVID pushing the schedule back and whatever, but wow, it was a busy year for, for them and for us. And the quality just, they maintained a really high bar throughout. And that's, what's so impressive to me. All four movies I enjoyed some, a little more others, obviously. And, and some that our audience agree with are a little bit better than others, but they all were so good. I know Eternals and Shang-Chi didn't win any friendly awards, but those are really good movies. And Falcon Winter Soldier, like I said, is a better show than I even remember it being. And so I'm just so grateful for all of the content and that all of the content is as quality as it is. And I can't wait to see now where we go going forward. It's going to be really, really fun. Thank you so much, as Robbie said, to all of you guys out there for listening. And thank you so much to our Academy, our Friends From Work Plus subscribers who voted on this. We were incredibly blown away by the feedback doing this award show, the fun it was and the way you guys got involved and we're so excited to get involved in. So I hope we can do more stuff like this. We're definitely gonna do the friendly awards every year from now on, but hopefully some more creative ideas like this coming up in the future. If you have not checked out friends from work plus you might want to check that out. Now it's four 99 a month and it just gives you access to a bunch of extra content, things like this, but also Robbie and Candace's comics corner episodes, my upcoming movie club episodes where I'll start featuring some special guests with that as well. And then just some bonus content that Robbie and I record as well. So if you're into that thing, you can go to the FFWpodcast.com and click on join friends from work plus. Thank you so much, everyone. We love you all stay in touch. We'll see you next week on friends from work. Friends from work.